You are now listening to the AuthorCast, a podcast from the Georgia World Congress Center Authority, the number one convention, sports, and entertainment destination in the world. Welcome back to the AuthorCast. This is your host, Parker Hendricks. Later on in this episode, I will be joined by GWCCA's Director of Facility Operations, Dominic Bruno. We had a fantastic conversation around the changes that we are implementing to our cleaning and setup protocols due to the COVID-19 pandemic. We were the first convention center in the country to achieve the GBAT star accreditation, and that's going to be a universal accreditation used across public venue facilities across the country. And Dominic was really the driving force behind it. He has a great insight about where we are uh, as a facility, but also as an industry and the ways that we can benefit each other by continuing to learn and communicating. I highly recommend listening to this conversation. Um, it was fantastic, and we we're glad for him to spend time with us. This episode is a part three of a three-part series uh, focused around our business return plan. To view our full business return plan, visit gwcca.org backslash return plan. Also, be sure to subscribe to the AuthorCast at gwcca.org backslash AuthorCast and rate and review us wherever you listen to podcasts. And now, my conversation with Dominic Bruno. We're joined today by the Director of Facility Operations, Dominic Bruno. Welcome, Dominic. Thank you, Parker. Happy to be here. Um, so tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, well, uh, professionally, uh, I've been at the uh, I've been at the Congress Center about uh, almost three years, not quite three years yet. And um, I've had a bit of an eclectic career that has at least over the last 10 years or so been predominantly in the venue management field and uh, with a focus on venue operations, uh, both in facilities and in event operations. And uh, so now I'm in the role of uh, director of facility operations here at the Congress Center, and it, it kind of combines a lot of my prior experience all into one role. So I, I know that you you kind of mentioned you have an interesting background. So can you go into that a little bit about where you how you got into what you're doing now? Yeah, um, actually, a lot, a lot of people don't know this, but I, I actually went to music school uh, back when it all started. And I was a high school band director for uh, a number of years here in the state of Georgia. And um, it, it sounds like that might be unrelated, but a lot of what I learned in the process of uh, developing curriculums and, um, and and training groups of people and public speaking and facilitating, a lot of that translates into what I do daily now, specifically in training of our staff and, and meeting with other folks and uh, training of the rest of the teams. But um, anyway, after, after I taught for a little while, I, I actually transitioned into working at a university and uh, I wor- ended up working in operations for the College of the Arts and uh, the School of Music at Kennesaw State University. And uh, in that role, I started to get the bug for venue management and facilities management. And I uh, did that for a while and, and really enjoyed my time there, learned a great deal, worked with an amazing team. And uh, from there, I transitioned over to the Fox Theater. And that's where I got uh, some very detailed and deep experience in um in many, many different kinds of events in close proximity. So I worked a lot of events when I was at the Fox, everything from uh, from concerts and, and Broadway shows to ballet dances and symphonies to uh, political rallies and religious uh, events and private dinners, uh, every, everything in between and, and learned a lot about the acts of, um, uh, of managing a venue and, and what goes into a successful event. And then uh, I took a little time off from the, from the event management world between uh, the Fox Theater and the Congress Center, but I joined the Congress Center in 
September of 2017, and I have been here since. And uh, in my current role, I <clears throat> in my current role, I oversee our uh, setup operations, so event uh, setup and teardown, tables, chairs, stages, uh, you know, stanchions, bike rack, and, and many things in between. And uh, and then also the custodial operations. So that that is two parts. That is the procedural cleaning, the ongoing cleaning of the facility, as well as the event custodial operations when when we're activated for an event. So that actually transitions nicely. So obviously with COVID-19 pandemic, there have been uh, event cancellations and, and, and things. How has that changed your role and kind of how have y'all shifted focus um, during this time? Yeah, this, uh, this has been an interesting experience, certainly for, for, for our entire industry. Um, the unique nature of what we are facing, uh, given it's a pandemic, and that we have identified a specific pathogen that is uh, that is the target or the kind of cause of this pandemic, means that the while we are not busy with events and events have had to cancel, we have been extremely busy learning a lot as an industry, and as uh, and that is both the cleaning industry and the venue industry, uh, learning a great deal about what we can do. Uh, to minimize the risks associated with that pandemic and the and, and the nature of infection control, and so uh, I, I have we've done a great deal of learning, uh, a great deal of education, a lot of training, um, a lot of updating of procedures, and a lot of expanding of uh, on a strong foundation of solid procedures to include um, specific items directed at this current uh, pandemic and minimizing the risk associated with it. Is there is there a lot of relearning that goes goes into something like this? You know, ways that you've done things, you know, years past is now not relevant anymore. Not as much as you may think. I I am very proud to say that the procedures that we have had in place, the vast majority of them were already in alignment with CDC guidelines that are still prevail today. So uh, things, the nature of uh, the frequency of cleaning. The, the response times, the type of chemistry that we are using, everything that we already had in place translated directly. We did not have to adjust, for example, the, chemi- the chemistry that we use on site. Okay. Certainly, we procured additional chemistry to assist, but we did not have to stop using something that we had once used. Uh, additionally, we had tools and technology in place like electrostatic sprayers. We've had those on site and in use prior to this pandemic. Uh, we have on-site generating uh, uh, chemistry that allows us to have a large and abundant supply of the products that we are using daily and, and in a low-toxicity environment. So this is all of these things we had put in place as good, solid practice even before the, the idea of COVID-19, before it even had a name, before, uh, you know, long before January and December, these things were in place at the Congress Center. So... While we have not had to relearn or rework, <clears throat> certainly we have doubled down on on um, on verifying our work and and making sure that we are doing our procedures um, to to the level they need to be, uh, and certainly relearning, uh, kind of refreshing more than relearning, refreshing on something as simple as you know uh, we use the word disinfecting all over the place now, all over the news. But a lot of people still don't realize that disinfecting is not the same as sanitizing and that is not the same as cleaning. 
and a lot of and some folks try to use those words in, interchangeably and it's understandable why they might but in a technical sense they're very different and what is required today is disinfecting and that requires a specific set of procedures um, and so again what we were doing in the past is supportive of that activity and we did do disinfecting we do more disinfecting now uh, we do it more frequently and in more places than we would have otherwise. So I know one of the one of the industry hot topics right now and subjects is the GBAC Star accreditation. You see it, you know, all over. Facilities have 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 uh, made their intent to get this, and we were actually the first convention center in the country to get that. And you helped lead the charge for that. Could you explain to our listeners kind of what that is and the processes that you went through to get that? Yeah, certainly. Uh, very proud of our team for the hard work we put into achieving this accreditation. I guess right out of the gate, what I want our, our listeners to know is that uh, this is not the end of a process. Uh, this is maybe the end of the application process, but this is really the beginning of a partnership between the Georgia World Congress Center Authority and the Global Biorisk Advisory Council, or GBAC. Uh, the GBAC STAR accreditation is really a a uh, an accreditation program of 20 specific elements that a facility must uh, report on that will that will in totality when combined together allows a facility to um, to to self-verify procedures that are steeped in science and steeped in fact and research that the we are doing everything that we can that is reasonable to make a safe environment to operate in. And what does that mean specifically? It, it is focused on the, the, the notion of a uh, proper procedures, having the proper procedures in place, using the proper chemistry for the, the, targeted, uh, the targeted infection control procedure that we want, and then, uh, and then training our staff and, and elevating the level of knowledge and then, and then retraining our staff as, those, as guidance continues to evolve. Really what this is about is, is a total quality system related to cleaning. So folks that work in other industries probably are familiar with quality management systems in manufacturing and, and service delivery. This is really applying a lot of that sort of uh, ingrained logic from other industries to our cleaning industry uh, in our building and, and focused on having the standards in place uh, using the proper chemicals in the proper way, uh, and, and I, I'll, I'll talk to this in just a, just for a second because uh, a lot of us are, are have learned a lot about disinfecting and cleaning and chemical selection and what is and is not usable in this pandemic. Uh, and, and really, no matter what you select, uh, it, it is it has to be used properly. So a lot of attention gets paid in our building now on using the appropriate chemistry the appropriate way. Um, the notion of augmenting our procedures a little bit to allow uh, for these these chemistries to have the appropriate dwell time, that is the, the length of time the, the chemical stays in contact with the surface, right? That's a small nuanced change. We were already in there, already using proper procedures, but to verify disinfection, you need to maybe hit a five or 10 minute dwell time on a product. That might change our procedures a little bit when cleaning, for example, a restroom or an office. Um, so these are these are things that are all in place, but in 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 a, in a high level, the GBAC Star accreditation is a commitment statement by our organization to our constituents, both internal and external, uh, both attendees and show managers, that 
we are focused on staying current, on staying relevant with the most current and scientifically backed guidance and details related to the act of disinfection and deep cleaning and sanitation inside of our facility to ensure that our facilities are as prepared as possible and as prepared as reasonable uh, given our current circumstances to ensure that we can be open and ready for them to return to our campus. So that's great. And I know that our clients are excited to hear that. Is this the, is this kind of the first wave of kind of uniformity and cleaning across our industry or have there been standards in place before that are kind of, that are used, you know, across the convention and a venue? So that, that's a really good question. Uh, the, the interesting thing is, if you looked at the cleaning industry independent of the venue management industry, certainly there are standards, certainly there are protocols. ISSA is, the, is an international cleaning organization of which, uh, of which GBAC, uh, the Global Biorisk Advisory Council, is a division. So the GBAC is a division of ISSA, and ISSA has had certif certification courses for custodial technicians, for trainers, for cleaning, uh, cleaning companies, for cleaning service providers, et cetera, for a long time. Um, this is a little more targeted, <clears throat> excuse me, the GBAC star is more targeted toward uh, infectious disease control and prevention. So it's a, it's a more targeted approach. Um, and the adoption of GBAC star at the venue management industry level, that is new to me. Uh, that, that, is, that is a unifi unified approach. I would equate this similarly to when the venue management industry started focusing on safety in a post 9-11 world where uh, the industry came together to devise some standards and some procedures that are and some uniformity and approach to uh, to making our venues safer this is now adding one more uh, component to the safe venue uh, concept right and uh, certainly there have been standards in place among the cleaning industry for a while certainly convention centers and venues have had cleaning procedures and standards in place themselves for a long time uh, the collective awareness and the collective response to a mutual set of procedures uh, I don't know if that's completely brand new but it's certainly uh, a, a welcome uh, outcome because we if we collectively as a venue industry work toward elevating this in the customer consciousness, then we can all agree on what is required of ourselves and help overall the industry bounce back through building customer confidence in our knowledge, our procedures, and our mutual understanding of what we're all attempting to do, which is provide a safe space. Yeah, I think that's great. I, I know that something that we've discussed on previous episodes is that, you know, we, we want the entire industry to recover, you know, not just our convention center, but if, if, you know, as other convention centers come back and get these accreditation, it's just great, you know, cause clients will feel more comfortable coming and that's better for everybody. Well, and here's, here's an, here's a great example of, of what I personally hope for. I'm not speaking on behalf of anybody, but myself, but you know, uh, there are public, uh, there are uh, press releases out there about, Specific airlines uh, committing to the GBAC Star program, and specific hotel brands, national hotel brands, committing to the GBAC Star program. Well, imagine a circumstance where the entire user journey, from the point they leave their home to the point that they get to our venue, inclusive of their uh, their plane ride and their hotel stay and the venue they spend time in, all have agreed to uh, this level of attention to be paid to this subject 
to me, that is an ecosystem that is as prepared as we can be um, for the, uh, at the facility level. Uh, It is important for everybody to recognize that cleaning only goes so far. There's an element of human behavior here that we all have to collectively agree to abide by. And that's all steeped in communication and, and experience design and, and, uh, and, and, you know, staying current and navigating and being flexible. So that human behavior element is, is critical, but at least on the, the, uh, the holistic uh, infectious control programming side, uh, I'm looking forward to an environment where all of us collectively as a, call it the hospitality industry and, and maybe even beyond um, are, are all in it together about what is required for ourselves. And, and, and we overall have a better user experience um, through the entire customer journey. I want to transition a little bit into the, to the setup side, but before that, you know, with us being the first convention center to, to achieve the GBAT star, have you been in contact, have other venues reached out to you? to discuss kind of the plans that you put in place and, and how you were able to achieve that, you know, quicker than anybody else. Absolutely. Uh, and I'd be remiss if I, if I didn't give some credit to some of our partners. So we were able to achieve this because of a partnership through the international association of venue managers. There was a task force built and focused on convention centers. There's currently programming in place for performing arts centers, amphitheaters, stadiums, arenas. There are similar task groups going. So I, while I, I greatly uh, appreciate the moment in the in the sun to be the first, I I would uh, I really want to be the first in a gigantic list of venues that have achieved this same accreditation, and 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 then we can collectively celebrate the lifting of the entire industry rather than just one venue. Uh, that all said, um, specifically we worked with uh, with some venues across the country and. San Diego and Anaheim, New Orleans, Overland Park and Nashville, uh, all of us collectively worked on these kind of uh, uh, kind of broader ideas. Certainly you have to make it uh, targeted for your space, right? Every space is different, but the conceptual level of venue management in the, in the context of the GBAC star, we all work together. And then subsequent to this application and accreditation going through, certainly I've had quite a few conversations with folks from everything from uh, local convention centers and sister properties to other types of venues uh, to even hotels that uh, got in touch with us through, you know, through social media and whatnot. And uh, listen, the, the subject, uh, the content in this is, is public, right? Yeah. The, the content is the CDC, it's departments of public health, world health organization, OSHA, the, the list of acronyms goes on and on collectively putting all of it together in a digestible format, that does take some effort. And that's where the industry trade groups are coming together to help each other um, get through all of that. But when you get down to the practitioner level, the operator level, um, there's a thirst for this knowledge uh, in every building in the country. People want to know what to do. And, uh, and I'd, like to, I'd like to give a shout out to all those groups that in the most part, are already doing most of what they need to do. This GBAC Star program helps develop a third-party verification of those procedures that they've sort of distilled through the different uh, guidances that are out there. And the the idea is, I mentioned in the beginning, that it's a partnership between our venue and 
the and the Global Biorisk Advisory Council, our intention is to distill that gigantic well of information out there in the world down into actionable guidance for venues through the GBAC Star program. And this would be an ongoing uh, ongoing partnership that would continue to update those procedures, policies, methods, chemistries, trainings as needed as more science comes through and more studies come through and, and, and we will we will stay current through this accreditation program and, and so will all the other venues as well. So I know you mentioned earlier that we were already doing a lot of these things in place and, and cleaning and you had to change a little bit how you did things, but there weren't majorly drastic changes. I imagine in the setup side, that's probably a little bit different is there will be probably bigger changes as, as we find out, you know, as we can come back with events and socially distancing and all of that. Are there things that you guys are doing, you know, to change the kind of the way setup goes? Yeah. So, uh, it, you know, the setup is a little more nuanced, uh, given that it changes so drastically from one uh, one show to the next. But some general statements that I think will will be very clear to everybody is, uh, in order to comply with social distancing requirements or guidance, uh, the very basic level of setup that we all assume goes into a convention, right? Uh, the standard sets that we all we all put in all our meeting rooms those are going to look different, right? Um, instead of calculating uh, 10 chairs per round table, we might be calculating four, you know, maybe two. Um, maybe as things start to relax, maybe we get back to six. Maybe, uh, you know, in some places, our capacities are different, right? If you, uh, you know, if you're familiar with our building, we have a couple spaces where we can remove an air wall and combine three meeting rooms into one large giant meeting room where prior to this, over a thousand chairs could be fit into those three meeting rooms. We're not going to have a thousand chairs in there anymore, right? Not not for a while. So what that means is, if we need to have a thousand chairs, we're looking at bigger spaces. If we or if we only have the same space, we're looking at fewer chairs in order to comply with those social distancing guidelines. It's it's important to recognize. I said this earlier that uh, cleaning and sanitation and disinfection are all critical. They're all important. Um, but the human behavior element is a huge piece to proper infectious infection control. And a lot of that can be done through um, ergonomics and environmental design, truly setting the, setting the room up the right way so that that is encouraged naturally. It's not a huge, uh, a huge uh, communication thing that has to occur. If the room is set up in a socially distanced fashion, we will by default fall into a pattern of social distancing and that, We've already done that. If you come to our venue now, if you look at our public spaces, all of our public space furniture looks a little different. It's a little more spread out. There's a little bit fewer chairs in some of our public seating areas. Uh, you'll also notice that our public seating areas will stay closed until they are open. And I know that sounds uh, sounds simple, but you know we are all familiar with a, kind of a passive access kind of notion uh, during during periods of operation here. And now in order to control our cleaning arrangements uh, and, and sanitation efforts, disinfection efforts, we have to pause for a time in order to prepare that space. So things like that will become normal. Um, and in a lot of cases that existed before, uh, but, but it's going to be more critical that we ensure that that happens and we don't deviate from that. As things start to loosen up, you might see different creative ways of, of doing those setting, the setting things together. 
and, and also, you know, um, all of this is relative as well based on the what the actual activity is. If it's an ambulatory crowd that is moving around, that is one thing. But if the crowd is going to get together and stay put for an entire day, then that's where the, this, the distancing of the actual set becomes even more critical, right? Because people are spending a long period of time in the same vicinity. Um, and, and certainly, you know, there's a lot of discussion about masks and, and requiring them and not requiring them. Uh, and, and the science on that continues to come out daily. So again, that's why in, in the broad scope of this conversation, the Georgia World Congress Center Authority aligning with the GBAC STAR accreditation program will help us stay current on the most relevant science and the most relevant guidance. And certainly there's the science component coming through the infectious disease community, right, that, that uh, is studying this. And then there's the legal requirements coming through the legislature and the governing bodies, you know, state, county, uh, municipal governing bodies. That environment, we are committed to staying current and relevant for our customers that we are, guide, we are helping guide them through that landscape as they come and prepare for an event here. So do you, so those are really the, the biggest changes that you think guests will see when they come in that sets will be different. There won't be as many compensating areas. Um, any other uh, major changes you think our guests will experience? Certainly. Um, you know, we, we pride ourselves on, on continue, continuing, continually elevating our customer experience. And, and as such, it wasn't uncommon before to see our custodial staff out and about in the middle of an event. Uh, that said, you'll probably see them a little more. You'll probably see them a little more present in uh, public spaces, specifically those areas of high traffic, lobbies, uh, through points, concourses. Uh, we, we, we have taken a lot of efforts over the last two years to improve the quality of experience in our restrooms through gathering feedback, through feedback now system and, and monitoring and, and taking customer feedback and, and changing the way that we, we staff those restrooms. What uh, on the restroom side, what uh, a user will probably experience is we are going for a time to not, uh, we're going to for a time close the restroom when we go to clean it. And if you were here for an event in prior, prior years, you probably experienced us real time refreshing. So having an attendant in the restroom, going back to that, proper procedures and proper chemistry in order to allow a disinfectant, at least the disinfectants that we are using to operate and be effective, we have to allow uninterrupted dwell time on surfaces. And in order to do that, we have to pause the use of those surfaces for long enough to allow that dwell time to achieve. In practice, what does that mean? That means we'll have to close a restroom, but even in an exhibit hall, for a period of time while the custodial technician cleans that space and then disinfects that space and then reopens that space. That, that will be a noticeable difference. Uh, I'd like to say that we are, we are prepared to, to navigate that with customers and, and not close everything all at the same time, obviously do rolling closures and, and, and have signage to help point people in the right direction, uh, but that will be noticeable. And then additionally, you're going to notice that we, um, we will, we will be working with our customers to uh, to define areas of access and patterns of access uh, around the event. So not necessarily event hours, less than the event hours, but more the hours before and after the event to, again, going back to those public spaces, limit the amount of, of passive access to areas in order to preserve time and space for us to perform these cleaning operations that we need. So that I can't give a more 
detailed description of that because it will be really nuanced depending yeah. on the least the least uh, space and the pattern of of bookings. Uh, but we are going to have to work together to find these pockets of time in which we can perform the types of cleaning that we all want and need to to have occur. Well, Dominic, I appreciate your time today. Is there anything else you'd like to let meeting planners or guests know? Yes. Uh, just the last thing I would say is that uh, this is not the beginning uh, of some, or this is not the end of something. It's only the beginning of something. Uh, it's it's the beginning of a level of discussion and a level of partnership that, uh, frankly, has existed in a lot of different areas in our industry. It will be drawn upon more as we move forward in order to mutually and collectively achieve what we are trying to achieve, which is a successful event and a safe event. And uh, I want everybody to know that we are committed to staying relevant, staying current. We are committed to you, uh, our customers, and, and by every definition of that, whether that's an internal employee or, or a meeting planner or an attendee from another country, we are committed to providing the experience that we, the, the elevated experience that we are known for, continuing to stay relevant with current guidance in the scope of this pandemic. And we are committed to communicating. That's the biggest thing. I, I mean, uh, we cannot get in the habit of taking a, a sample out of a moment in time and using that to dictate the future because things are changing so quickly that the biggest key that I would like everybody to know, at least relevant to what I can control within my sphere of influence, is let's talk. Let's have a discussion. Uh, you know, we'll do our best to standardize this to where it's digestible. And that's what this GBAC star accreditation is. But then when we get down to it and, and planning an actual event, we're going to have to talk about some specifics and nuances and things. And, and that's what we do. We're, that's what our industry does best. And tailoring, tailoring these experiences for our customers uh, to ensure that they leave happy and safe is what we do. That's what we're in. We're in the memory business. So um, we're committed to that. And we're looking forward to welcoming our customers back and with smiles on our faces to a clean and beautiful building. Yep. Well, thank you so much. We appreciate your time. Yes, sir. Thank you, Parker.